Wow, what a day. Thank you so much for serving alongside and giving of your time, your energy, your talents for the Lord. Just a, a great day. We love Serve Day every year. It's just a catalytic event to just show the love of Jesus in a practical, tangible way. So I just want to say thanks. What a joy to serve alongside you. You're an amazing church, and I count it an honor and a joy to serve with you. So um, uh, just uh, thank you for all the ladies and some of the men as well who helped pass out Chick-fil-A sandwiches to first responders, to fire departments, police departments in the community, as well as help serve the meal at the end. Uh, thank you so much for that blessing and uh, the, the energy in the room when we come back and uh, just the reception there of everyone coming back together. Going together, sent out in teams, coming back together. It's just beautiful when the church serves together. So I just want to say thank you for that, as well as those who served and helped put steps and at a few different trailers and how we did that. That was a blast. It was amazing to be a part of that, as well as help serve other people in their houses and ministry there. And then uh, Greg Middle School and uh, DeBose Middle School. Just a great team effort. Uh, shout out to all of you. It's one of uh, the highlights of the year. And uh, all the people that led teams, served on teams, and behind the scenes, uh, just thank you. It's a joy to serve with you. Uh, some of you, uh, as you were serving uh, yesterday, something jumped up in your spirit. And it was like, I am made for this. This is, this is a part of my DNA. And I, I want more of this. And so we do have a couple other schools uh, that are wanting us to come as well. And uh, if you desire to lead a team, and you don't want to wait till next July to lead a team to another school. We have a few others that uh, we'd love to serve as well this summer early in the new school year. So let us know if you want to lead a team. And, uh, send an email, call the church, or shoot me an email, and I'll, I'll get you connected with that and get you a team, and we'll make that happen. But we're looking for a few leaders to really head that up. And so, uh, so fired up to continue uh, the message today. We got so many things happening here at Summerbrook. I want to let you know about it. But I think I'm going to wait till the end to hit, hit some of those different areas together. Um, today, we're finishing our series in the book of Acts. And I want you to know, I could, I'm reluctantly landing it today. Uh, I could preach four years in the book of Acts. So somewhere along the way, years to come, we'll circle back um, uh, just because I'm a little bit uh, sad about uh, landing it today, but I'm so fired up about the next series that's helping my sadness. So uh, we're going to do that journey together. So today we're going to land it. And Acts 28 Verse 14b, I just love these verses. And as Luke is writing and pinning the last chapter of Acts, he shares, and so we came to Rome. And so we came to Rome. I, I, I just feel like when I, when I read that and I say that statement after we've taken this journey, I, I just want to sit and reflect 
sit on a pond and skip some rocks or get a cup of coffee and just relax and meditate on all that God has done in the early church, in the birth of the early church. Because it, it, it enables me to ponder all that God's done in my heart and life, my family, our church, and your lives, and seeing God, how God's changing your lives and impacting you. But Luke, when he, he penned those words, I really believe he, he had in mind as well how he started his second book. The, he wrote the book of Luke and then the book of Acts, uh, Acts 1-8, which was really a, a, a synopsis of the entire book of Acts where Jesus was speaking uh, to his followers and, and, and let them know that wait for the Holy Spirit. Because uh, as you wait for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. And so as a, 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 a Luke is writing, and so we came to Rome. He's letting us know from the beginning, Jerusalem, that the, wor the, the word has been carried out through it, their time period pretty much to the ends of the earth, in that period of time. So in your life, where have you strived to accomplish something? Where have you strived to um, do something that you wanted to be able to finish it? Well, I believe in the book of Acts in the early church, as we study that and land it today, we can learn some key principles of how to finish well, and we're titling today, The Final Stop. So let's pick it up in uh, Acts 28. We'll read the uh, verse 14, and we'll uh, stop for a little bit and really dig in. We're going to really laser beam on uh, this area together. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people, or the customs of our fathers. And I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty, because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the, the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. At that time, Caesar was Nero, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken 
against. So as you look at this passage of Scripture, and we're going to unpack this area, and I really want to laser beam on one key area of it that I believe the Lord's put on my heart today for us to begin to get traction in in our walk with the Lord. Verse 15 here, um, Paul has never been to Rome, uh, but he, he's encouraged when he, when he sees uh, the Christians there when they come to meet him. But also, uh, he'd never been to Rome, but he had some relationships with some of the people that were in Rome, the Christian, some of those Christians, because in Romans 16, uh, which he had written a few years earlier, 1 through 16, he gives a, a shout out about some of these acquaintances. So you see his encouragement there. And then in verse 16, that he was able to live by himself, or you could call it, but only cha- but he was chained uh, to a soldier. And, and most people believe it was, uh, scholars believe that he was chained at the wrist to, um, uh, that he, and then that, those soldiers would rotate uh, periods of time where they would come and uh, be chained to Paul uh, because he was, had been arrested, and we've studied all of that. But here he is. But he has a good bit of freedom. Uh, when I mentioned earlier that Nero is the Caesar, he took uh, leadership in AD 54, and it's es- estimated the early AD 60s is right now where um, Paul is there in Rome. And then he shares in verse 20 that the hope of Israel is c- is the coming of the Messiah. As the, (laughs) are the lights bothering y'all? Hey, can we, I know we did the lights just a little bit different today, so I'm seeing, yeah, all right, good deal. (laughs) Reading the audience. Okay, no, no, don't you apologize. I want you to hear the word of God, not be blinded. All right. (laughs) Don't you apologize. That's good. But I need light. So uh, that's good. The hope of Israel is the coming of the Messiah as attested by at his resurrection. And, and so uh, there, there's this hope that Paul has been proclaiming and sharing. And I, I really want to zero in on this whole passage here of how, and, and really the whole journey through the book of Acts, the early church, and then the latter half where we focus a whole lot on the Apostle Paul, how did this guy continue to maximize his opportunities in the face of such challenges? And I want to ask you, how do you maximize your opportunities? In this final stop, as we see uh, the Apostle Paul uh, up to this point, we'll get into a little bit later what happened after the book of Acts with the Apostle Paul in church history, but... um, how was he able to maximize his opportunities? Now, I could give you a hundred of them, but I'm going to share about four or five or six. Uh, if I chase a rabbit or two, maybe seven, eight, or nine. But these are the few that I really feel like the Lord wants us to lean in today for our lives that we see in Paul's life and, and see in the early church through the book of Acts. Um, the first one is this. They lived from a, uh, that we learn to maximize our God-given opportunities. We learn to live from a place of knowing you are dearly loved by God, that you're his sons and daughters, to maximize each opportunity you're facing. It really comes to really placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ 
As you do that, you become a son and daughter of God. You are dearly loved by God. And so you, you begin to overflow. You begin to be motivated. Even as Craig shared, when you feel like it or not, you, you step through and be obedient. And part of that is maximize your opportunities because you know you're dearly loved by your creator. And he's got a good plan for you. That he's your heavenly father. And as we're fathered by God, from that dear relationship, that loving relationship, we move forward to be obedient to the opportunities the Lord has given us. Let's look at number two. In maximizing your opportunities, let's make sure that we do small things well. That each one of us needs to make sure we do small things well. Because Scripture says, be faithful in little, be faithful, you'll be faithful in much. That God, sometimes the way he leads us and develops us is by just giving us a little bit of a task and as we're obedient to that, times he'll give us more to do even more and maximize even bigger opportunities the Lord brings our way. But it always starts with being obedient to the small things and what the Lord has brought to your path. A lot of times, matter of fact, I want to share this quote from George Washington Carver. And I shared this last week with you when we looked at Ananias. When you do the common things in an uncommon way, you will demand the attention of the world. That's doing the small things well as unto the Lord is what the writings of Paul and his letters teach us to do. That we do the small things well as doing them unto the Lord. The third area to embrace our opportunities, I encourage you to write these down in your message notes or in your church center app, is this, that we need to learn not to compare but to embrace our one life. Comparison is a ripoff of our joy. Comparison, it just steals us from being who God called us to be. Grass is not greener on the other side. Grass is greener when, when you water it. We looked at that last week. Grass is greener where you water it. But so oftentimes I look at my life and I look at myself, compare myself to others, and, and I become very dissatisfied with my one life. And what that does is it robs me of my God opportunities of what God's brought my way. Listen, we all got enough trouble just being faithful with our own, own one life to sit there and compare and worry about what someone else is doing and wish we were them. So let's make sure uh, to embrace our opportunities. Let's not play that comparison game. Let's let that go. Another one is this, and I'm just rattling these off for you. Hear the need, meet the need. To maximize your opportunities, hear the need, meet the need. A lot of times on serve day, that's what happens. We hear of a need or we see a need. And so we just in a practical way meet the need. In maximizing your opportunities, we need to make sure when we hear the need, see the need, that we pray and listen to the Lord and meet the need. And oftentimes he'll give you a, a real clear way to do it plan, 
Other times, you just try and, uh, you don't hear as clearly about what, how the Lord's leading and directing, but you just feel, this, I'm supposed to do this. So you just kind of try to meet the need in a little bit of trial and error. And I think that God uses that where he's, he doesn't lay it all out for you. So in the trial and error, you just grow, you develop. I've done plenty of trial and error with my life, let me tell you. Um, another one, and I, I want to really land on this one and spend some time, is that we need, and, and Paul was so good at this, Apostle Paul was so good. See God, not your situation. You can put it another way, see God above your situation, however you want to put it. Uh, but you need to be able to see God above your situation and sometimes that just means hanging in there the emotions aren't all there but you 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 hang in there and you keep your eyes on the Lord the best you can and trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you um Mary and Tanner let us know on Thursday that uh uh my daughter Mary had called Jenny and uh if you're new here uh uh Mary's my daughter and Tanner's um my son-in-law, and, and uh, they also head up our youth ministry. And, but, uh, so she called Jenny and said, hey, I, I think this is the day. And so, and, and so a little bit later on, they ended up going uh, over to Mount Pleasant to the Burden Center where she was uh, going to deliver Benaiah. And uh, matter of fact, we just dedicated Benaiah at the end of the first uh, service. So that was, that was uh, really cool. And he was born at 6.21 p.m., Thursday night, 8 pounds, 14 ounces, 20 inches long, and I'm not too proud, Grandpa, what, you know, but I am proud. So, yeah, yeah, so was, we're excited. But Jenny and I are driving over uh, Mark Clark, the bridge, heading to Mount Pleasant, where I was going to drop her off because she was getting the privilege to be there, and uh, she says, Joey, do you realize this was the same bridge we were driving over when we were going to deliver Mary? A lot of years ago. And, and it was a moment, it was an emotional moment. I mean, it was really very emotional. Very emotional. And, and, and we were talking about it, but then, you know what hit my head? And I started thinking about, this is what I started thinking about. Those times when I wanted to give up on my marriage. And those times when Jenny wanted to give up on her marriage. Now, for us, divorce audibly was never an option. That We set that rule. Divorce is never an option. Murder we both might have considered that a little bit. Well, maybe her, not me. But uh, we, we had some, some tough times, some tough seasons, a lot of tears. Some, we hit some dark nights of the soul in our marriage, to say the least. But this is what I was thankful of while we were driving over the bridge. This is the big thing. Man, I thank God that I hung in there and, and that we endured. And, and it, some of those times, I want to be honest with you. We didn't endure because we were such uh, incredible Christians. Somehow we were able to see God 
a little bit more above our situation than the situation itself. And it helped us take a few more steps forward and go to some people and get some help and strengthen our marriage. Now, the majority of our married life has been amazing, but we've hit those definite seasons of our lives. And I was so thankful that we hung in there. I want you to know right now, that's, I don't know the situation you find yourself in this morning. You may have uh, uh, found yourself in a situation where you made some decisions that you regret right now. And you thought, man, I wish I had a do-over with that. Well, you may not be able to go back and do that decision over. But I'm telling you, in Jesus, the good news is forgiveness is for all of us. And you can paint a whole new future. I, I want you to know the blood of Christ is enough for all your sins. Not just 85% of them. Jesus paid it all. And so whatever, wherever you are right now, and you're like, ah, I got, we all got some regrets. But I, I think that part about being able to see God over the situation, we, we all need to realize that if we can do that as well, it'll help us to maximize the God-given opportunities He brings our way. And our world needs Christ followers to maximize their opportunities. And if you're not a Christ follower, I'm telling you, you're missing out. God, in giving you a purpose, what he does in giving you a purpose, he gives you a, a, a things that he would have you to do. The creator of the world has a plan for you, but until you place your faith and trust in him, you're missing out on that plan. Come on, jump in. Ask questions. Kick the tires around. And I really believe that you're going to find Jesus. He'll change your life. Those of us who were Christ followers, we need to see God above this situation. I want to do two of them, show you two, the Apostle Paul, how he was able to see God above this situation. Uh, he's, he's given his testimony, uh, King Agrippa's uh, listening to Paul give his testimony, and then he shares it with him in Acts 26, 28. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? We're going back a couple of chapters in Acts. And Paul said this, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also who hear me this day might become such as I, except for these chains. Here's Paul, chained as a criminal, still able to throw out a joke in the midst of witnessing the King Agrippa and those who are listening. I, this, this word chains just is grabbing me that I want us to hear because we all are bound up in certain areas. And to see God above the situation, and the situation is Paul is chained to a guard. We just get offended and all angry and feel like our world's coming to an end if someone just says one bad word about us on Facebook. I mean, this guy is chained to a, a guard. And he's able to see God above the situation. I'll give you another one. In 2 Timothy 2, 8 and 9. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. This right here, where we see clearly that God, Paul understands, he sees God above the situation. Paul recognizes Paul is chained, but God is unchained. 
So I ask you a question here. Do you, see, do you really see God as unchained in your life? Or are you seeing all the limitations around you? In the natural, you will see all the limitations. But I'm telling you, God is unchained in your life, no matter what you're facing. Now, life may not be exactly like any of us thought it would be, and each situation hasn't worked out like we'd hoped and dreamed. But I'm telling you, God is unchained in your life. He is limitless. And I really believe that he wants us, where we see limitations, God sees opportunities. Where we see limitations, God sees opportunities. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, Philemon, Colossians, and Philippians, it is believed, while he was in prison in Rome during this period of time. Now, and then Acts lands, but I want to give you a quick little uh, push forward when you look at some of his letters, like uh, 2 Timothy, and sometimes you get a little bit of insights. Some believe, because he wrote in Romans 15 about traveling, wanting to go to Spain, that some people believe after two years in Rome, he ended up going to Spain. But in the midst of this time, he, but he ended up, back, uh, most scholars believe in uh, church history shares that he ends up back in Rome, uh, and right before that, during that period of time, before he went back to Rome another time, which isn't in the book of Acts, he wrote uh, 1 Timothy, Titus, and then the second time, back in Rome, he wrote 2 Timothy, which I just read you about the chains where he said the word of God is not chained, and it's not bound. And so Paul's writing the second uh, letter to Timothy, his second time back. Um, some people believe that how he ended up back in Rome was Nero, who was Caesar, that when he had, when the um, Rome had caught fire and the majority of Rome uh, uh, had caught fire except just a, a few provinces, but almost all of it was hit and destroyed or affected greatly by Rome. Nero blamed the fire on the Christians. And so there was a massive persecution and execution taking place of the Christians. And, and so many historians believe, have wrote that back in years ago in 95 A.D. and 325 A.D., that that's uh, when Paul was executed during that. But he was, he, we do know in 2 Timothy in Scripture that he knew that his execution was imminent. And here he gets writing about how God is not bound in his life. So we need to learn that when someone offends us or we've gone through some very broken abuse in our lives, some hurtful times where we need to run to the Lord and find healing and strength and run to God with your why questions. It's really important. I'm not going to read this passage of Scripture. You can read this on your own, but 2 Kings 6 is about Elisha where the king of Syria got so angry at him because he kept knowing what God was going to do. And, and uh, he was so frustrated, the king of Syria. So he sent an army to, to get Elisha. And, and Elisha's servant is scared to death. And Elisha prays for his eyes to be open. And he's, his eyes are open and he sees the, how they are all protected. Uh, 
and I'll, I'll actually read that. But then Elisha prayed and said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes, verse 17, that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elisha was able to help him see because he saw God bigger than his situation. And we need to be able to see that as the Apostle Paul did in the early church in the book of Acts. Many times you would see that. Scripture, if God be for us, who can be against us? So our prayer needs to be, Lord, open our eyes that we may see you at work. I believe if we do these things, we'll maximize our, our, our opportunities to a much greater extent. Let's continue on. Acts 28, verse 23 through 31. When they had pointed the day for him, they came to Paul at his lodging in great numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the king, to the kingdom of God, and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Verse 25. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying, your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear but never understand. You will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Verse 28, therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness, and without hindrance. With all boldness and without hindrance. That he, he had a lot of freedom there to continue to uh, declare, even though he was uh, basically under house arrest, that he was able with all boldness and without hindrance to proclaim the word of God. As we started this series back in January, our prayer was this, that we could live with all boldness, wholeheartedly to walk in the ways of God, to learn from the early church of how they lived boldly in the face of being very human and facing all the same uh, humanity issues internally that we've learned to live more boldly. My prayer is that we continue to live evergreen, to live enduringly fresh, that we hunger and thirst, that we're able to uh, finish well. I believe the book of Acts, as we see here in chapter 28, is all about learning to finish well. And, and it, not just all about that, but that's one of the, the points that really, I believe, inspires us all, of how Paul finished well. So where are you? Are you looking at your limitations? Are you looking at your situation? Or are you looking to the God above it? 
And have you been shrinking back in fear, which we all struggle with, or pushing forward in boldness as Apostle Paul did? You know, next week, I want us to lean in as we start a new series. And I, I want to encourage you with this. as The reason why we're starting this new series, I believe, is a great way to land the message today. Uh, we're looking at first things first. And we're going to look at spiritual practices for several weeks so that we can put first things first. And, and how we maximize our opportunities and live boldly is learning to put first things first. And this is why it's so important. We're all so busy. All of us. I don't, it's one of the most popular uh, words in America. Hey, how's life going? Man, I'm busy. We're all busy. We got too much to do. That's why we need to learn how to put first things first. A little while back, for a few years, I had on my nightstand by my bed a quote. Don't know who said it, but it was a quote. It was this. God has given you enough strength to do everything he's asked you to do today. That's why we're leaning into first things first. Because we're so busy with too much to do, we better make sure that we do first things first. What God has asked us to do. And as we put first things first, I really believe he's given us enough strength to do everything he's asked us to do. Church, let's pray together. Lord, we love you. And God, I thank you. In this final stop of Acts, that we saw the Apostle Paul finish well. I pray that you would enable us to maximize our opportunities so that we can finish well. Lord, we're praying for your grace, for your strength. To continue to see you above and in every situation we face. Help us to live boldly. To be your hands extended. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said together, amen. Amen.